0: Hey guys, welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I am Bill Barnwell. Today, Jeff Schwartz of so many places, including his podcast, Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You, joins me to talk about the Chiefs and their surprisingly close game against the Raiders. Plus, we preview Chiefs, Bills, and Cowboys, Eagles. Everything you want to know about the two biggest games of the weekend here on the show today. But first, I want to tell you about another podcast which is now available twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, a podcast hosted by ESPN NFL analyst Meena... Oh, I know Mina Kimes. I forgot. Of course I know Mina Kimes. Mina Kimes is a friend of our show, a friend of mine. Of course you're listening to Mina Kimes already, but if you're not for some crazy reason... Mina Kimes is hosting the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny twice a week during the season here. She's joined on Tuesdays by another friend of ours, Dominique Foxworth, and then later in the week, she's joined by different expert guests to preview the most intriguing games. That is the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. Listen wherever you are listening to this podcast. And now here's Jeff Schwartz breaking down the two biggest games of week six. All right, joining me now, as promised, here on The Bill Barnwell Show, a regular contributor to the podcast, someone I love to have on as an expert, a former NFL player, a podcaster, hosting, of course, Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you, a man who writes for Fox Sports occasionally, hops on Sirius XM, just a man of many talents, one of which is making us smarter about the NFL. It's my friend Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, how are you? I am fantastic. I am glad to be here, man. We are full speed ahead
1: in NFL season. We're starting to kind of get a real sense of what mm-hmm. these teams uh are and are not and uh should be a fun rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting. <laughs> you know, like I think there's that there's that sense of September still like being the new preseason. I don't know if that's 100% true, but we've seen some good football, some sloppy football, and I think on on Monday night we saw a really interesting game i don't know if it was great football at all times but it was a very fascinating game between the chiefs and the raiders so we're going to start talking about that game because there's a lot to get to of course there's the whole other analytics discussion we can get to i'm going to leave that out because i think it's just i'm i'm tired you're of it, tired of it I'm,
1: you're tired of it yeah. look bill it's very simple yeah when it when it works it's great <laughs> when it doesn't work it's bad it's all bad the worst thing by the way the whole thing discussion about the two point stuff, I think, had nothing to do with analytics. He just yep, want yep. to go for two. Like it was that yep. simple. Like it wasn't this long discussion. He's like, "We want to win the game now. Yep, let's go for two. I'm like, yep. "All right, cool. Like whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I think that 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 just kind of it's the same with this concussion and 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 uh, with Tua's concussion and the
0: roughing the passer. They're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Why are we discussing them in the same breath? They're two different things. Yes, hundred percent. We should talk about roughing the passer." Let's talk about that later let's finish up with that because i feel like there's a conversation to be had about that but you're right i mean i i i'm not gonna lie you know i i don't know andy reid personally i know you played for him yeah i i I don't think he's sitting there on tuesday in excel like grinding out win expectancy charts like i i think he just says hey i have a great offense i i can win the game now why why not go ahead and try to get the two-pointer and for the raiders same thing like yeah we are we are down a point our defense is not very good like we if we win if we get this extra if we get this two-pointer, we can win just by stopping them from getting a touchdown because they don't trust their kicker who was the backup kicker wasn't playing very well. You know, I I think it's defensible. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it was right. obviously a genius move. It was fine. It's okay. Things don't have to be great or terrible. They can just be fine. Well, We did have the analytics conversation but we had a better analytics conversation hopefully than the one i thought other people would be having but let me start (laughs) with this jeff as a former chiefs player as someone whose brother was a former chiefs player i think i i don't want to say you're biased but i think you have a a soft spot maybe for the chiefs yes um let me ask you this at any point on monday night did you believe in your heart as a fan as a gambler perhaps did you think the chiefs were going to lose that game
1: um when they punted on fourth and 2 um and with about 2 minutes left i thought they were going to lose yes yes um when they were down 17 nothing i did not i, I wagered yes. on i wagered on the chiefs plus i had twice actually i wagered them um when it was 17 nothing then again at halftime cuz so i figured the roughing the passer call was going to kind of fire up i <laughs> i have never seen and i don't think they were re- actually afraid of the crowd but oh, the referees didn't seem that excited to be in that stadium. One hundred percent. Um, like and Arrowhead's loud. I'm sorry. It's it's there's also louder. St- loud ish stadium. Seattle, New Orleans, but oh, they were they were so worried. Um, yes. but when I tweeted out like at the time I didn't think the Chiefs were going to stop the Raiders. Um, and it really took a a mistake by Devontae Adams, um, which you know he should have caught that ball. Yeah. Um, a, when one clean catch, otherwise Carlson's in you know field goal range and they win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, in the final play of the game. You know, Both players collided, but the ball wasn't close to any of them. I don't think, even if Adams was still able to finish, I think he was running the post route mm-hmm. and Murphy was running a deep out. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he was getting there. The ball was like 20 yards away from him. Um, I thought they were going to lose. I did. I, I just, I don't trust a lot of defenses in that two-minute situation anymore. Offenses are so good now, and you don't even need that many yards to get into field mm-hmm. goal range. And, I mean, look, you've been covering football as long as I played and watched football, right? Like, mm-hmm. do you remember... I came in the NFL in 2008. If I would have told you that every kicker in the NFL can make a 55-yard field mm-hmm. goal, you would you would have laughed at me. Like mm-hmm. that, that never happened. And now you're like, "Uh, the Chiefs had their third-string kicker make a 59-yard field goal, the yep. longest field goal in Arrowhead history." Yep. At the end of the half, like you just need 35 yards to get the field goal range now. So yep. I really trust no defenses, no matter how good they are. The Bucks, the 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 the, the Cowboys to, to ever stop anyone. Who needs a field goal at the end of a game?
0: Yeah, it certainly doesn't feel like like the 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 league maybe has adjusted quickly enough to that because the kicker meta has changed, right? Like like the even though yes, there are times where coaches will get in quote unquote kicker range and then they'll settle for a fifty eight yard field goal. You know, the, like their the range is longer and the success rate in that fifty plus range is higher, I believe, than it was ten or twenty or thirty years ago. Even though coaches are more aggressive trying for it because they know their kickers can do yeah. it now when they couldn't do it earlier in your career. Um, I, I agree with you, to be honest with you. You know, I, I thought at 14 nothing or 17 nothing, I was like, mm, I still kind of think the Chiefs are going to come back and make it a game at the very least. But that did feel like a situation on that fourth and three where, I mean, I don't know. You tell me. I would have I mean, gone for it. Not a, you know what? And this is a situation where the numbers don't matter to me. But here's what I would say: If you asked every single Raiders fan whether you'd rather the Chiefs go for it in that situation or punt, is there a punt. single Raiders fan who would have said they'd ra- they they hope the Chiefs go for oh, it yeah. on fourth and three? Not as not a single person. Every time the
1: Chiefs, every time an opponent kicks a field goal in the red zone gets the Chiefs, I cheer. I'm like, great, kick a, like thank yep. you for the field goal, like. Yep. Like I just, and you, you know, on fourth and two, you have so many options, right? I mean, if you spread out the entire defense, you have the ability for Mahomes to scramble quickly, which he doesn't do often, but obviously has the capability to do that. yep You have the best tight end possibly in NFL history um, out there. You have, you know, MVS does drop the ball too much, but he's big and strong and powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like you have, you have Juju in the slot. You have so many options on fourth and two. And yeah, if you don't Mm -hmm. get it, then you're going to lose the game, whatever. Um, but I feel like I would feel more comfortable with Mahomes having the ball in his hand to end the game um, than I do the Chiefs defense. It worked out, which might make
0: Andy Reid do it more often, but um, I would rather have had Mahomes had the ball at the end. It just seems like it's put, put the ball in the hands of literally the best player in football if you can with an opportunity to that that, i don't know if that would have won them the game but it would have put them in a very advantageous situation the raiders still had a timeout still had the two-minute warning but they would have been in great shape obviously uh relative to a punt where you know like you're gonna be playing soft coverage probably the Raiders are gonna get those 30 or 40 yards back pretty quick you know i just think it's such a it's such a tough situation when it comes to mcdaniels um what I thought was interesting about this game, from his perspective, is that he was really aggressive for most of it. I mean, they go for that fourth and one in the first quarter and get a long touchdown pass to Adams, which is hey, that's totally defensible. Um, obviously, don't don't know it's going to turn into a touchdown, but hey, great! You know, you you went for it against the against the Chiefs that's an underdog, an Arrowhead. You hit a big play for a touchdown, awesome. They go for the two pointer later in the game, yeah. also awesome, great. But. I have to admit, I was surprised they kicked that field goal on fourth and one in the second quarter, yes. and those those points ended up being really meaningful by the time we got to the end of this football game. I'm
1: with you. I guess Kansas City is the only team I'd say, like, you just have to always try to score points, and, and yeah. points, I mean, touchdowns. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. the game plan felt very similar to the 2018 Patriots AFC Championship game, game plan. It was like a lot of, 12 uh 21 personnel runs yep. and then kind of taking shots in between when you have the opportunity to do so. And that's what it felt like to me. Like that's what the Raiders were doing. It it, it worked. I mean, they can't run the same run play over and over again. Yeah. Chiefs couldn't stop it. But you you have to be aggressive against them. We see this. Every team that plays Kansas City goes in with, with the mentality that we're going forward on fourth and three in, right? And that's why I was mm-hmm. surprised they kicked the field goal. I, I think with them, you can never lull yourself into thinking that the game is over. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's, I think what Josh Mano did in that instance, where we're, we're up three scores now. Uh, and you could make the case that, you know, if they, if they don't um, rule the rough in the passer, that's 17, 14 at halftime, right? Like yeah. it is like all everything you've done the entire game, almost by halftime is erased.
0: It reminds me so much of the chiefs Texans game where the Texans. Yes. were up 21, nothing at the end of the first quarter. They have a fourth and one from the 13 yard line uh in in kansas city territory and they kick a field goal to go up 24 nothing and that lead is gone by halftime it's gone by the end of the quarter they've given up 28 points it was yeah i mean
1: that game i mean the chiefs i mean what what, 51 to 7 was like the the turnaround that game yes um yeah i mean they're they're the closest to like and buffalo can do this too but they're sure they don't do it as like from behind often like they don't do it as crisply as the chiefs seem to do like when buffalo could you know get and i'll tell you what the again the ravens win for them i think was was really good for their psyche of winning these close games because they had, yep. really hadn't done it they either blow yeah. you know, blown teams out by 15 or more or or lost close games but you know, Kansas City feels like that team where, where you're always in a position where like it never really matters you can score at will whenever mm-hmm. you want and again this goes to the point I made when the hat trade happened. Like, the Chiefs aren't going to miss Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're down 17 nothing, and scored on, what,
0: five, six straight possessions in a row without Tyreek Hill? Like, they're mm-hmm. going to be fine. They are fine without him. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no competition and right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a jet's pizza location near you again try jet signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save that's number eight s-a-v-e jet's pizza better because it has to be So let me ask you about the offense, actually, post Tyreek Hill, because yeah. I want to talk about what the offense has changed into for Kansas City. I mean, certainly it felt like after that Bengals game in the postseason it felt like they needed to have more options. There were so many spots in the second half of that game where the, the Bengals were dropping eight into coverage. They were doubling Hill. They were doubling Kelsey. And the other guys on that offense could not make it work, whether it was the other receivers or yeah. the running game. And it didn't seem like they had much confidence in the running game. Um, when you watch this offense now through the first five weeks of the season, how has it changed without Tyreek Hill as sort of one of the two focal points of the offense?
1: Yeah, I, I think that... Um... They made a decision that they need to go back to more of kind of spacing things out and getting the ball out quickly, right? Mm-hmm. And just Mahomes getting. And I felt I felt against the Raiders too that early in that game he just was not in much of a rhythm. He got hit early on and he was leaving the pocket a little bit too much, kind of what he had done in the past. And without Tyreek Hill there, you're not going to get those those broken plays that go explosive. You know, yeah, you might get a first down. But you're not getting those broken plays that, that that go deep. So that can't be a big mm-hmm. part of your offense, which I think it felt the Chiefs rely on that way too much last season. And so I think they're getting back to we're seeing kind of the roots of the West Coast offense, just back foot, boom, balls out. Mm-hmm. Seven, eight yards is fine, right? Like we're not trying to get ourselves a 1,000 yards each play. And we'll take what the defense gives us. You know, the running game, I don't know if they're running the ball more um, – but I really like the under center stuff. Like it, mm-hmm. it they, they don't do it enough in my opinion. Like the under center, man, they're really good. We, we you know, we talked about this privately. Like they're really good at under center runs and I, they haven't mm-hmm. paired up yet with play action pass. Um, maybe that's coming, but I just feel like they've gone back to some of the basics and I think it really works for them. Spread the ball around. They're getting Sky more involved, a little bit more each week too, which is uh, nice to see. But, you know, what, what makes this offense is Travis Kelsey. It has always been that. It continues to be that. He's just un- unguardable. I mean, it, it's—he's uh, just so good, man. He's so crazy? good.
0: Isn't it crazy? That, and, like you know, in the red zone, look,
1: he doesn't like look that like like athletic. You know, what I mean, like <laughs> he doesn't look like a guy who would outrun a defense from ten yards out. He, he didn't look like that player, but he's just such a, a efficient mover.
0: Yeah, I, I will let the former NFL player say Travis Kelsey doesn't look athletic. As the blogger, I feel like that is not my place to say. No, it no, but like, he right. doesn't look
1: athletic, but like he doesn't like, he doesn't, I don't know how to how to put it. Like, even Mahomes, when Mahomes runs, okay, yeah. he never looks like he's the fastest guy, but he outruns everybody. Yeah, like I, right. I, And Kelsey looks the same way. He doesn't look like he's going to outrun you. And you're like, oh, shit, he ran through the whole defense. I mean, <laughs> I Cooper Cut. Cupp- the long run by cooper cup after that that quick did you see that coming i didn't see that coming he ran like i'm like oh my god look at this guy
0: run right accelerating through the defense
1: you know pat mahomes trainer always says like he's just faster than the guy chasing him which is Mm. all you need to be and kelsey i feel like that's the same way too like he just is faster than the person who's running after him
0: yeah, I mean, look at that that play in the in the red zone. It's hard to pick the specific play because he had so many red zone touchdowns yesterday or Monday. But um, the one where he catches the ball 10, and he's yeah. like, yeah, and he's like facing, you know, he's facing the right sideline, and he turns around and goes back to the middle of the field and outruns three guys, four <laughs> guys to the end zone, and it's like those guys are faster than him in terms of time speed. It's not like he's moving at an incredibly faster rate, but he just he just has a way to make it work. And, and he's been making it work for so long that it's clearly a skill. It's not just random. Like I, oh, yeah. I tweeted something like, like Travis Kelsey's broken tackle rate in the first 95 yards of the field is 15%. And inside the five yard line, it's, it's 95%. Wild. Like he just can't be tackled yeah. inside the five yard line.
1: Like, And you know, I think the genius of of Andy Reid, there's many of it, but like, you know, part of designing an offense is that knowing that what the defense is going to do, obviously. Right. And like, yep. he knows the defense will try to double Travis Kelsey, but it's so hard because he moves them so much, right? He, mm-hmm. You you rarely see him line up in, in one place. That's why they move him so much because you get him for, to free release, basically, right? To not get jammed in the scrimmage. They put him in that one by three all the time too, because yep. if you put, if you're going to double Kelsey on the one by three, you're leaving one-on-one on, one on the other side, right? Like exactly. it's a very clear and, and they doubled Kelsey and he got hit in the face. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it just, did, did you it. see them? Did you see them double him with uh Cullen yeah, for that? That, that was the one he got hit in the face on. Yeah. It's a penalty. Uh and, you know, the 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 Raiders did that. The, the the Ravens have always done that against Travis Kelsey. They walk out the defensive end mm-hmm. and they try to hit him to delay his his route, basically, because they know how important it is for him to get out in space. And you say, Look, we're not gonna get home anyways. We'll just knock down Kelsey instead. <laughs> um, teams teams have done that, but again, you're you're now you know, the the Chiefs team. Is just deeper now. Like they used, they have done a great job with those draft picks they got the last couple yep. of years. And defensively is where the big changes, in my opinion. They're just better on defense than they've ever been. And again, I I said this a lot. I don't think you need to have a top five defense to mm-hmm. win a Super Bowl in Kansas City. You need the defense that gets you some stops. And this Chiefs defense can get enough stops. Like that, that, that yeah. you know, they, they, they rushed the passer well enough. Trevor McDuffie just got designated to return. So mm-hmm. he, he's going to be a big addition back to that defense. And they just get enough stops. That's all you ask of them. Uh, and that's all they need to do. They're better on defense. It makes them a more well-rounded team.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's funny that you don't think about them this way, but I, I tweeted earlier this year about the, the snap adjusted age. So just, you know, looking at the age of every player who's actually playing snaps young. and how often they play. They're one of the youngest teams in football. They're like the third youngest team in the league, which I mean, for a team that's competing for a Super Bowl is, is crazy. I mean that's because look, you've really, really done a
1: good job with a couple of days, right offensive line, obviously, right? You have for sure two two young players on the offensive line. Um, you end up having your, your linebackers are all within three years, right? You yep, look they're at, on their rookie deals. and even with Willie Gay being out, you're even younger now, right? Because you have yep. Leo Chanel and you have Nick Bolton, who's been great. Nick Bolton's been awesome. Yep. Um, you know, the defensive line got younger, right? You had Karloftis in there, yep. Um, and in the secondary you got super young. You 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 know, you know, you trade out uh, uh honey Matthew badger for, 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 for justin Reeves so you got three or four years younger there yeah and trent mcduffie like you has not even played yet so like you just have done a good job of of, of integrating young players into this roster R- running back also you have a
0: everyone on that room is young yeah that's true and i, I mean i don't know i i i want to believe that ceh is going to have his moment and he's going to turn things around but man i just you actually tweeted about this. Actually, I want to know what you think about this in terms of Ceh. You you feel like some Ceh is better in some situations than he is in other situations. Yeah, I think he's much better under center when they're
1: running the ball. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like at times his problem is so he fumbled one time last season, like against yep. the the Ravens, and since yep. then he runs like he's gonna he thinks he's gonna fumble, and it's yes. frustrating. It's so frustrating to me. And when he's in shotgun, he's just way too hesitant. He's just he's he, there's There's almost, it's not designed this way, but it feels like when he gets the ball out of gun, he feels like there's too many options. And like when you get it under center, it's, he's going, like you have, you're going in a direction. You're going downhill and you have to run hard. When you're in that gun position, you know, you kind of shuffle over, you get the ball and you just, you're not starting fast downhill. Mm -hmm. And I think when you force him under center, the runs under center in that four minute stuff, man, like he's got to go, you got to go now. And that really helps, in my opinion, helps him be a much better runner. Um, the the holding, I mean, not the holding, the 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 dropping of the footballs in the pass game is is just gonna infuriate me. But he's just a frustrating player, man. Like he's just a frustrating, frustrating t- to watch.
0: Right, and you know, I mean, he has the talent. It's not like he can't run the football. It's not like he can't catch. It's he's clearly become a big part of their red zone offense, which is crazy given that the Chiefs used him week one of his rookie season, like five times he failed, and then he didn't touch the ball in the red zone again for two years, but um, it's such a weird player, you know, it's such a he he feels like he's battling himself so often, and I think that is tough, and is that a common thing actually, you know, from your perspective, when you look at running backs are there, are there backs where you look at them and you say, okay, this guy is much better under center than he would be um, working out of shotgun or working out of the pistol
1: Um, I haven't thought about that um, I you know I play with guys that wanted like Adrian Peterson loved a fullback, right? Like he wanted a fullback. He just loved a fullback. He loved running behind a fullback. You know Jamal Charles when Kansas City was not a fullback guy. He wanted to run zone by himself, right? I mean, like I think mean, that's more common than than gun. I just think that certain things that you're asked to do in shotgun don't translate as well for for certain players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the I I really dislike the outside zone stuff from shotgun. I've always yeah. hated it. Any team that runs it, I dislike it. The Chiefs, especially, because you know, you you need to, to run kind of stretch a defense and put your foot in the ground and go up the field. CHG is not really good at that. It's not what he does well. Like Pachenko, anyone else, anyone else, they, they do that much better. And so I'm not sure it's like gun, it's just skill set. Like his skill set doesn't line up with what the Chiefs ask him to do in shotgun. So um, I can't think of other guys. I mean, I would look at I mean. Adrian Pearson probably wouldn't be great at a shotgun mm-hmm. it's not like it's not his game he wanted to be downhill fast I think they're yeah. probably it's probably true but I haven't thought about it in those terms really where um one is better than not in Gunner but it's just it's a team I watch the most and it's very jarring yeah. to me the the difference in the way he plays
0: um gun versus under Center it's interesting you know I, I think certainly it, it makes sense that you'd have preferences as a back and you'd be better at one thing than the back I mean it's the same thing with, with- Being a receiver right like you run certain routes better or better in certain concepts so that makes total sense to me i just haven't thought about it before so i think it's a really interesting idea um from the buffalo perspective in this game obviously a a interesting pair of matchups it's fair to say with the chiefs last year they blow them out in the first game i mean that was a just one of the worst beatdowns i saw all year was the bills dominating the chiefs in that first game in the second game of course you know, the the crazy fourth quarter, the back and forth, Josh Allen just making play after play and and the defense sort of gassing out uh, in the fourth quarter and the Chiefs picking up those big plays on them as well. From a Buffalo perspective, if you were going to sit there and say, okay, like you, you're sitting there on on Tuesday and you're game planning, you say, okay, this is our biggest mismatch. This is the thing we can hit the best, whether it's an offense or defense, whether it's run or pass, whether it's a player or a concept, what to you is the, the biggest mismatch, where you think the bills can attack and win against the chiefs
1: yeah i think it's attacking um fenton right like on yep. defense i just trying to like i think that's i think that's where um you know they're the chiefs are most vulnerable and we've seen whether the bucks do this right yep. um, we saw last on monday uh fenton kind of get it you know go after him i feel like that's kind of where buffalo is going to attack the most um, and just find matchups where it's not kind of advantageous for them. I also think the Chiefs not having Willie Gay mm-hmm. um, is kind of the spy for Josh Allen. I think we'll allow Josh Allen some opportunities to scramble a little bit. Yep. Um, the Chiefs have always struggled against him covering those quarterback runs, which really Buffalo has not done much of this season. They have not run Josh Allen on those quarterback tosses that they've done yeah. for so many years against me on coverage. I wonder if this game, some of that returns. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it feels like it's a you know you must win game, right? So they bring out mm-hmm. everything they have. Um, and I think defensively the Chiefs are pretty much okay. I mean, I think if you look at you know Orlando Brown, Von Miller, that might be a matchup to watch. Yep. Um, you know, even even Andrew Wiley, Von Miller. Um, I feel like inside the Chiefs will be fun. Trey Smith coming back will be huge for Kansas City. He should play yep. in this game. You could kind of tell early on the physicality on the offensive line was a little bit missed with mm-hmm. Trey. Um, you know, the Bills' secondary is just really beat up. So the Chiefs have an advantage there. Uh, It probably comes down to just who makes a couple more mistakes. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just a bad throw, um, a tip pass, a fumble. It feels like Bill, that might be the the way this game ends, right? Or or, or what makes a difference in this game is a a play that's really, maybe out of someone's control.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think about the the Bill's Titans game as a good example where they run a fourth and one sneak at the end of the game and Josh Allen trips. Yeah. And Jeffrey Simmons makes a play, and that's that's the difference in a game that was otherwise really close. Um, yeah, a couple things to get to there that I think are interesting with Fenton. Um, you know, the Chiefs don't move him around. You know, he's on one side of the field very consistently. He's their left corner. So if you're the Bills, you kind of know okay, if we put Stefan Diggs on that side, he's gonna get Fenton in coverage. And that's a tough, tough matchup for anyone. But Fenton has been definitely stretched by number one wide receivers this year.
1: Yeah, I I do wonder if, if McDuffie returning changes some of that. Yep, uh, I did just see that the injury report for today that Fenton is out today with a hamstring spasm. Oh, wow. Whatever, I'm not I didn't know that was a thing that happened that you set out for. <laughs> uh, but the best news is Harrison Butker has come come back to practice today. That's Jeez. been
0: such a big problem for them. I didn't think that'd
1: be such an issue, man. I really didn't. And and Butker has his own issues, like with extra points most yep. often than anything else. Yes. But they have, I mean, that has been a problem um for them so hopefully he's back healthy because i think you can make the argument they'd be five and oh if they had as bad as they played against the colts it'd be five and oh if buck was there
0: special teams was their biggest problem against the colts by far one of the worst special teams performances of the andy and and
1: official getting his feelings hurt so that's that's
0: also also something that we need to avoid hopefully harrison Bucker does not insult any officials at any point over the remainder of the season as chris jones did in that 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 moment um if you were the bills and they, they move von Miller around. So if you were gonna have von Miller lining up uh, in passing situations, would you rather have him against Orlando Brown or have him against Andrew Wiley?
1: Um, I mean, you know, the, the bulk of his success in his career has been over the right tackle, right? I mean, that's right. where he's lined up his entire now. This year we're seeing more over the left tackle. Um and he's done well. I mean, I think he's the first was it week one he had a bunch of sacks over the left tackle. Um, it was the Rams game, so yeah. Yeah, week one, yeah but i i would put him where he feels more comfortable which is over the right tackle i i think wiley's done a really good job obviously struggled early against crosby but played much better in the second half yeah. i mean he's you know if, if that's your worst lineman you're you're doing pretty good as right. as, 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 as you know as as an offensive line. So i'd probably put him over there just cuz he's more comfortable there i mean mm-hmm. you know the von miller killer is retired 2 years ago so um <laughs> he you don't have to worry about that anymore um so i i'd probably had put him over that there. In there
0: what you had to get that in there i mean hey, not man, surprised. W-
1: when you play Von Miller like eight times and allow two sacks, I think you're mm. doing a good thing.
0: Well, if you allow any sacks, you're going to get yelled at on Twitter. Is what I've learned. If you're yeah. the Von Miller killer,
1: yeah, that is that is. I mean, that is what it is. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think probably that's where I would imagine he lines up most of the game.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, what I find really curious about this game, and what I think I'm intrigued to see when they actually play it out on Sunday, is how these two teams play defense, because. The Bills have had games over the past couple of years where they did not blitz at all and they just dropped two deep safeties and they played those guys 20 yards downfield and they said, Patrick, you are going to have everything underneath you want. And we saw more teams adopt that after the Bills did it. I think that was 2019 or 2020 when the Bills did it for the first time against them and really played those two deep safeties pretty often. And from a Chiefs perspective you could kind of make the same argument that maybe you played too deep and you forced Josh Allen to move the ball slowly down the field. The Bills are seeing a lot of too high this year, but that's not really Steve Spagnuolo's yeah. style either. Good so yeah. so what one. what do you, from either perspective, Like, do you think this is a game where both teams should kind of just play conservative defense, or would you be more aggressive if you were Spagnuolo trying to stop Josh Allen?
1: So you remember that, that uh, 2020 game, um the chiefs rushed the ball yep. 46 times that game uh-huh. 46 times i would do that this weekend again if they're playing too highly like, i know andy reed is not his style but like no. if they're not gonna blitz you just run the ball mm-hmm. you're gonna get a lot of yards just by box just by the box count right you have yep. an offensive line that can do that for you yep um and you know, vice versa. Buffalo probably won't do that to Kansas City if they play too high as well. They'll both be stubborn and and. But Steve Spagnuolo can't help himself, man. He just, <laughs> he just can't. And you know, when you run a zero pressure on the last play of the game and it works, it it fuels your fire to run more zero pressures. Yep. Um, the biggest concern I think when you blitz Buffalo is not really the pass. It's that if if Allen Alex breaks, away. contain. Yep. he's gone like that to me is the biggest concern. it's not that you have one-on-one with stefan Diggs or, or game davis It's that no one's for josh allen we did see it was kind of unique in the in this game with the raiders the chiefs did some unique pass rush things and kind of spied Derek Carr at the same time mm-hmm. and i wonder if that's like getting ready for this weekend they rushed three they put they put chris jones over the right tackle frank clark um over the left tackle and like mm-hmm. They had one guy rush the center and one guy trying to drop as a spy. So I'm kind of curious if that's the way they might approach the Bills game, just kind of play coverage because you really don't want to let Josh obviously run the ball as much as possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, when Josh Allen has run this year, like you said, it's really been as a scrambler and he's just so good at scrambling. I mean, he's he's elusive, he's physical, he can run you over, he can run past you. I mean, he's such a difficult weapon to stop as a scrambler and it's just easy yards. Like, it's just so many easy first downs for him because he's so good at it. Um so yeah, I mean I think that is a legit concern for the Bills. And we saw last year. I mean, he could extend plays forever um and and did and created touchdowns in the process. Um it, it's gonna be a really but, fun game. But
1: the one thing I will say mention too, Spangs has always against Allen, he's like to blitz his 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 throwing hand. He's always blitzed from the right. Yep. Um offense is right essentially. Yep. And I wonder if again, that's I mean it's not it's common knowledge. Like that's what they're doing. They do it. They've done it three years in a row. Now, three Mm -hmm. games in a row where they rush, even though in the loss, they blitz to his throwing hand. Um, and I wonder if that's another plan that they do or just say, Hey, we're not
0: going to do that anymore this year. Yeah. I mean, what they've done has not worked like they've, they've, they've won a couple of games, but they got blown out. They did not win because of the defense last year. That's for sure. So, a, a really fascinating game i think both these teams a lot of the moves they made this offseason were built to beat the other team in this game i think the chiefs expanded their defense improved their yes. corner because gabriel davis ran through them last year and for the bills they got Von miller because they want to rush with four and drop into coverage and that's how you're going to beat the chiefs ideally so i think we're seeing a a monumental game this weekend um Wait. It's going to be great. We have another great game. We have two great games this weekend, not just Chiefs, Bills, but also Eagles and Cowboys. We have a 5-0 Eagles team, a 4-1 Cowboys team. And I one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was to talk about the Chiefs, but also because I wanted to ask you about this matchup. And when it comes to the Eagles offensive line and the Cowboys pass rush, their front four, their front five, wherever they're rushing... Is that to you the best OL versus D L matchup of the year if everyone's healthy? Yeah, I don't know how it could not be. Um, you know, Lane
1: Johnson and D Law have gone at it so long. I mean, they're it's a really good matchup, right? And because Lane is so big and strong and and DeMarcus over the years has gotten so much better at using his hands, right? Like he just for so long he was just this big physical defensive end and with that cross chop stuff he did to Evan Neal, poor kid. Um, so you (laughs) just have this like this great matchup with with Lane against him, but they're moving guys around now, right? For so many years, it was Lane against now they mm-hmm. got Parsons somewhere, and they move you know, D-Law somewhere else, and mm-hmm. I think you'll have to hope that uh, is mulata healthy this week? Is he back? I mean, um, it's, it seems like it's very up in the air. I hope, he, I hope he plays, obviously. It makes it more fun. Um, Dickerson got hurt but came back, I think. Kelsey got hurt but came back. Um, it's going to be a fun matchup, because if, if you're the Eagles, like, excuse me, if you're the Cowboys, where do you attack? Um, if Milano's playing, let's say Milano's playing, mm-hmm. like, where do you, who do you Dickerson, I guess, the youngest player? I, I mean, I, I, what I would do is this. I'd probably put Parsons against either of the guards Yep, and say, you know, five across, so you have men and say Parsons, get after it. Yep. I can even see a situation where they put Demarcus Lawrence over Jason Kelsey and just say, just try to run through his chest, right? Like mm-hmm. that feels like the best options if you're trying to find magic. Otherwise, like you just, to me, the two best pass projectors are mulata and Johnson. I don't mm-hmm. think you want to put your two best pass rushers on those guys. Like you're trying to, you know, the way and the Cowboys. Man, I don't know how much you've watched their defense, Bill. They do a lot of fun pass rush stuff, man. Yes, like they are a. If you guys are a fan of just like, I don't know how many people listening are fans of pass rush design, but if you are, the Cowboys are a lot of fun. They do a, a they do a lot of stuff each week. Dan Quinn has got is in his bag, and it's really good because. You have interchangeable pieces, right? You can move Parsons. You can move Lawrence around, which, again, was not a big part of his early part of his career. It's more now. Um, And they just do a lot of fun stuff. And um, it should be a great matchup. I cannot wait to watch this. Um, You know, I I lean, I guess, Eagles in this game because I just don't, you know, Cooper Rush. The the Cowboys' offense is just sort of limited with him in there. And Mm -hmm. it's been masked by the defense. And the defense doesn't play. You know, an a-plus game and allows 28 points the cowboys offense is not keeping up
0: that that's the tough part for sure i mean with that with with the pass rush coming at the eagles offensive line like you said i mean they can move Micah parsons around last year he really was more often uh especially early in his kind of run where he was playing as more of a pass rusher he was playing more over the guards he was rushing on the interior more often yeah. and having a ton of success doing it now he can win outside we've seen him win outside all the time but i think you're absolutely correct in that it makes more sense. Assuming my lot of plays, which if he doesn't play, then it's send him at, at, at Jack Driscoll or send him at Andre Dillard, whoever's playing left tackle. Um, but I think playing him over the guards and having him rush the guards and whether it be on twists, whether it be on games, whether it be on just straight up rushes against either guard, I think it makes sense. But what I wanted to ask you about Travis, about Travis Kelsey, about Jason Kelsey, the other Kelsey in this conversation. Um, like I think as a layperson, you hear, okay, Jason Kelsey is great. And that is good to know. And Jason Kelsey is excellent. But from your perspective, like what does Jason Kelsey do? What is he capable of doing that a typical league average center is not able to do?
1: Um, He's like 285 and plays like he's 330. <laughs> I mean, that feels like a good way, good start. <laughs> 285 might be generous. Um mm-hmm you know if he weighs in with like a couple a couple of five pound plates in his, <laughs> in his pants on friday morning weigh-ins maybe he's 285 if he's um, fishing if he's fishing yeah that big fishing scandal we saw like two weeks ago that's how jason kelsey weighs in every friday at the facility <laughs> with just lead weights in his pants um yeah i mean he just he does everything so well again like he's because of his size he's just very quick and athletic mm-hmm. and they build the run game around that right he, they allow him to get in space and again he he blocks guys like he is 330 pounds. Like he's just, he's a very powerful individual at the size that he is. And so allows them to do a lot of fun things in the run game. Um, And obviously the the length of his career has allowed him to, to, you know, to master angles and knowing where the defense is going to be. And, you know, I think for Jalen hurts and, and his growth, having a player like that, who is able to help you in protection, identification, Able to help you in run game identification, a guy that you trust to snap will be in the same place each and every time. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy you trust is not going to allow pressure up the middle. Those things are so it reminds me a little bit of like Ryan Cleo, I played with is mm-hmm. sort of the same size, a little different body structure, but he was, I mean, lucky if he was like 290, right? And he mm-hmm. played with Cam Newton and he helped Cam Newton so much early in his career, um, with just the, the ins and outs of learning protections. And I think with Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. we're seeing the same thing. We're like, He's just there's a comfortability there with having a player of that caliber being in charge of of the offense, obviously outside of what Jalen Hurts has to do as a quarterback.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, certainly Jalen Hurts looks more confident to me as a passer after the snap now than he did his first season, really even last year um, at, at the NFL level. But let me ask you, I mean, Hurts has been great this year but what is your level of confidence and belief in Hertz as a true franchise quarterback? Like do you, is he there? Is he like in that top tier or do you still have to see more from him before you really believe he's that guy?
1: This is what question is always tough, right? Because, um, you know, I think you would like to see like a deep playoff run this year, right? Like, I think that's the next step. Um and, if you see it that, and that would be super bowl in my opinion like you know a playoff win right like mm-hmm. cuz he didn't play well in the playoff game right like mm-hmm. no a playoff win you'll be at home most likely um but i've been i've been wrong about i was wrong about him like he's just and i give credit to Nick Sirianni. and, and look it's oh it's okay i think now like for so long i was guilty of this is you know this idea of like a true pocket passer, right? Like, yep. I want my quarterback to be this guy who throws. And I, and Jalen Hurts still needs to, I mean, that's a, the core of the job. I'm not saying he can't of do course. this. The core job is that, but like, we just see better coordinators now that this design offense is around quarterbacks. Like, would Jalen Hurts have been great in the offense I played him with Jake DeLone. No. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, no, but like, Nick Sierra has designed an offense around that offensive line, the run game, Hurts' ability to, to get out in space his ability to stress defenses um with his speed and then obviously his ability to throw the ball deep with the playmakers they've drafted and find over under you know situations mm-hmm. the like they do a good job with it so in this offense he's absolutely a franchise quarterback is he a franchise quarterback in Tom Brady's offense probably not right in 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 Bill Belichick's offense i, I don't know in this offense i think he absolutely is bill like and that's a part of this discussion right it's like in you know, is Lamar Jackson a franchise quarterback in um you know in in a in an air raid offense? Probably not, but in this offense, absolutely is. And of yeah. course, I think that's that's very simple. I think Jalen Hurts and, and Lamar can play in different offenses, but we have to discuss this this decision around what they're going to be playing in. And for right now, and for a long period of time, Lamar is going to be in Baltimore playing in this offense around him, and, and very clearly Nick Sirianni's an offense in Philadelphia to fit what Jalen Hurts does well. And in both instances, they're absolutely franchise quarterbacks for what they're being asked to do in their offense.
0: Yeah, and I think this is a tough discussion because I think you get to that question of, oh, well, you don't think they could play in other offenses, so they're a system quarterback.
1: They're all system quarterbacks.
0: They're all system quarterbacks, but also Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, they're the system. They're the reason this offense works. Like, There's a big difference between being – you know, like um, who am I gonna insult here by saying they're a system quarterback? Like Jared Goff. Uh, like Jared Goff. Like yes. Like Jared oh, Goff. No, like perfect no. The the best example is Jimmy Garoppolo right now. Jimmy Garoppolo is also good. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo can be plugged into a offense that has plenty of pieces around him, and when he has a clean pocket, he's gonna look fine. But Jimmy Garoppolo is not a guy who's going to elevate your offense or be the focal point of your offense for any long stretch of time. And with Lamar Jackson, with Jalen Hurts, with to a lesser extent Josh Allen, I think Josh Allen is more of a plug and play because he is a a He's better pocket better. He, passer. He,
1: but again, I, I think the Bills have built out a good offense with him, right? I mean, obviously, sure. when it got Stephon Diggs, said, "Hey, just go run as far as you can. We'll throw it up <laughs> to you." Like, I I think that the best thing that's happening in the NFL, in my opinion, is offensive coaches yep. have stopped like this ego thing of like we're going to run my offense,
0: dude. Do you remember? And you were you were you were in even the league at this point, and I was in college. But Michael Vick, running well, with the Falcons, and then yeah, hiring like Jim Moore Jr. A two back offense. We're running we're running the classic West Coast offense. That's what you're going to operate up. And you have Michael freaking Vick. You have this yeah. incredible weapon, and that's what you do with him. Man, it's that's just so that would like that would have been so infuriating to cover.
1: And, and, and again, like we're seeing just, and again, like these coaches are doing what they want to do, yep. but they're doing it around the skill set of the players they have at quarterback. And so that's why I think the franchise quarterback discussion is so different because again, you, you have to factor in what offense they're playing in and what they're being asked to do. You know, like is, is, um, you know, like is, is Pam Mahomes as good in like Kingsbury's pro offense as he is in Andy Reid's offense. I, I don't know. Maybe like, I got, but Andy Reed's very helpful playing Andy Reed. Right. It's <laughs> but, good. Like there's nothing wrong with, with having a good coach. Yeah. So I, I think that that's part of like, this discussion is, is I hope that people understand. Like I think for Hertz is a franchise quarterback. He's, he's getting
0: very close to being that guy because he's playing an offense. that really fits him well. And that's great. Like he's playing an offense that fits him well, and he's also making that offense possible yeah, in right. a way that you know Gardner Minshew is not going to be the driving force Correct. of an offense. Gardner Minshew could be fine; he was fine last year. He's fine as a backup. He's fine as a as a backup for pretty much any offense. But Hertz is a a different player and a different. He's just a difference maker in a way that a lot of other guys are not. Um, I feel like I have. I know your answer to one of these questions, but give me winners for. These two games on this weekend.
1: Um, hmm. I, I'll go Philly just because I think that you know the the offense they're you know you're just a different disadvantage without uh, without Dak Prescott. It seems like he's not playing as of recording this. He's not yeah. practicing this week. Um, you know I'll go Kansas City. Um, I don't. If, Buffalo's my Super Bowl pick this year. I haven't changed it yet. Um, Might as well, but. I think if we're seeing – if we're going to see the Chiefs play like they did against Tampa Bay, they're going to win this game. Um, I think when they're playing their best, they're the best team in the NFL, mm-hmm. but they don't always do that. <laughs> There's yes. a problem. Yes. Um, and maybe it's because they know that they're that good that they can just, like, be down 17 nothing. but this is a week they cannot. I do wonder about the short week, though, right? Monday mm-hmm. night, it's a Sunday afternoon game. Um, you know, you're one less day. And I know the they've had coaches preparing the game plan for Buffalo for weeks now. It's not like it's it, has you know, to just, be. just, you know, they don't, but there's still one less day to really get in. You know, they, I'm sure that in a normal week, they would have dove into Buffalo Monday night with Pat Mahomes, but now obviously that's Tuesday morning, you know, one night get it, but it, it could make a difference. Um, you know, one less day to recover your body and whatnot. I'll go Kansas City here ever so slightly. First time in my home's curry has been underdog at home in like 38. Wow. Games. Yeah. That didn't occur. That's, that's wild. Yeah. Plus three, again, three points at home. So I'll I'll go that direction now. It wouldn't surprise me if Buffalo won. I'd be very surprised if Dallas won.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I think it really would take, you know, my lot of being out and Kelsey not being 100% and just them winning with their pass rush and forcing a couple takeaways, which we know they can do. They've done it. The past couple of weeks have been very successful at doing it so um i would never say never because i always think the universe bends to whatever makes uh better sports talk stories and i feel like cooper rush beating the eagles would be a very compelling sports oh. talk story i'm not, he, I, I don't he, want to be a part he, of it he, but if
1: he beat them like actually himself yes that would be that would break the internet because like i think right <laughs> now i think i think even the most diehard cooper rush fan realizes like yeah you know throw for 100 yards is not sustainable um, but if you would throw for like three fifty, you'd be like, "All right, well, maybe we got to change our minds." But again, the Cowboys' offense is not really built around Cooper Rush Stone for three fifty, though. Like that's right. not really what they want
0: to be, for sure. Absolutely not. And they haven't needed to yet, and they might have to against the Eagles because the Eagles have been really good on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, Jeff, where can people check out more yep. of all the coverage you do of the NFL?
1: Uh, Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you Um, my podcast um, you can find me there we put out uh, two episodes a week we have our our, our wagering episode will be out pretty soon for this weekend and we do kind of a recap and uh, at my Twitter at Jeff Schwartz I kind of link everything I do for my various platforms Uh, Fox Sports is one of them my podcast obviously different things I do including this one so uh, glad to be here Bill thanks for having me
0: awesome thanks man take care all right. Thanks so much to my friend Jeff Schwartz does excellent work covering the NFL. He's excited about these games this weekend. I'm excited about these games this weekend. Hope you are as well. Hope you guys enjoy the football. We'll be back next week breaking down what happened and previewing week six. More coming on the way. So thanks so much for listening.